just asking for your story. So however- let's go. Three, right. two, one. <laughs> All right. Hello, listeners, uh, degenerates, and welcome back to another episode of the Degenerate Generation podcast. I'm your host, Mohammed or Mo. And today I have with me Mike Morales, and he is uh, a consultant at, or do you actually, sorry, before I start that, how would you want me to introduce you? Because I've had to run into a couple of issues with people like not wanting to be known by like their corporate position. Should have probably asked that first. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, maybe first thing, I'm actually not a consultant uh, at, with McKinsey. It's a senior product designer role. So it's uh, still, I work with like consultants, but I'm myself not actually a consultant. All right. Um, gotcha. So yeah, you- I mean, just Okay. Do you want me to say that you're from McKinsey, or do you want me to admit that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't mind mind that as as much, but um, yeah, uh, senior product designer or product designer uh, would be fine. Um, I I don't mind sharing that's McKinsey. Um, All right, no problem. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, let's start over then. <laughs> <laughs> no All right. Stories. So, all right, three, two, one. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of The Degenerate Generation. Uh, this is the DGen podcast that you're listening to with your host, Mo. And today I have with me Mike Morales. Uh, he is a senior product designer at McKinsey. Uh, hi, Mike. Do you mind like kind of introducing us a little bit to yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Mo. Uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I am a senior product designer for McKinsey. Um, and yeah, my, my role basically is working to build like internal tools to help, uh, better our processes for like McKinsey consultants. So that's kind of like my, my world at the moment. Nice. So what really got you into not necessarily McKinsey, but into the field itself? What made you decide, Hey, I want to be, um, a product designer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, I would say it's kind of like an evolution for me. Um, I started out uh, as a graphic designer because that's what I majored in in, in university. Um, so graphic design at the mo- at the time I was in university was actually mainly focused on print. Um, but they did have um, a digital kind of uh, design class, I would say, uh, where we did learn a bit of HTML, CSS, and kind of like the foundations of like application design uh, and that's when i was introduced to like new at the at the time of kind of new tools like sketch and seeing um seeing that was kind of like inspiring as well so that kind of clicked the interest in digital products rather than like physical graphic design print posters etc so once i took a class there that's kind of been like you know the side project or like outside of university, I started like looking into, you know, like how, how best to, you know, get a hold of like, uh, information out there with learning some, some of these like tools and how do I build an application? Cause at the time, you know, like, uh, application design was just building apps, I would say were really, uh, really like interesting field and like the hot market at the moment still is, mm. but that's when it was like yeah. taken off, I think. No, that definitely makes sense. If anything, so then coming into, like you had said that you did some side projects and that you got really interested in it. 
and just kind of like went about building it. So when I when I want to ask is, how did you start in the sense of what really motivated you? Because a lot of times I come across friends and family that have a big issue with starting and thinking, hey, like this is new. This is a new field for me. How do I um, get into it or how do I get interested or build on my interest? Yeah, I mean, I think starting, kind of getting that like initial momentum is hard with anything, right? Like even right. if it's uh, setting, you know, I don't know if you want to get fit, you know, or workout goals, so, like always getting those like few first days, it's kind of like the hardest hurdle. And then once you're in momentum, I think it's it's easier to kind of like build upon that. Uh, I think the same is probably true for uh, at least how I felt. Um, it, yeah, it is difficult to start. And um, I mean, I I had a mentor in the sense that who was in kind of like the web and digital product design world uh, who I could actually, you know, ask questions and uh, help me um, figure out, you know, like what, what kind of like direction do I want to do at the time? Because uh, I mean, there was, there was different directions I could have gone. Um, but I think having, having that kind of, those kind of conversations, like with a mentor who kind of was like, you know, a few steps ahead of me uh, was really, I think, huge help in terms of like getting my footing in the right place. And then from there, like, you know, you have options ahead of you. So for me, I think having a mentor to, to start was like the biggest help. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. So then have you ever really felt like there are times where it's a little bit difficult for you to continue? Like, what are some challenges that you face coming across? Like, you can speak to it from your career perspective, but you could also speak to it from like your life perspective as well of just hurdles that you've come across in that industry or in this field. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think maybe one of the more practical uh, hurdles I've come across, like in my in my uh, direct experience, was actually working with uh, an agency that's based here in, in Czech Republic, um, or Czechia as now they officially <laughs> kind of named. Um, but the language has been kind of tough to learn. Uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I'm an American learning Czech, so it's quite a difficult um, transition. But uh, I think practically that's been a bit of a barrier in terms of like when I was working with the agency who had Czech clients. Um, so kind of like, you know, getting straight into diving into whatever um, domain that we were kind of, um, you know, solving problems for, uh, learning those kind of vocabulary words and picking up and making sure that I'm actually delivering products that are like, you know, um, spell checked, grammar checked and, and Czech was kind of difficult. So I mean, that was one of the, one of the motivations, I think, trying to like, see like, yeah, that's, I'm not there yet in terms of like my language confidence to continue with on with like agency work with Czech clients. Um, so that was another kind of like decision for me to kind of pivot into uh, clients that are more English based uh, and, you know, moving on into different companies and different roles. Uh, now I've kind of positioned myself in and where that's English is kind of like the speaking language amongst colleagues and, and end clients. That's pretty cool. So you're just talking about being uh, or having worked with Czech clients. That in itself is pretty interesting when you didn't have that background initially. So, I mean, 
even within that, like, what was it the opportunity that made you decide to just kind of like start learning Czech and then uh, being in that environment? Or was it more so like, hey, I think this would be a cool move to make. And um, just having done that kind of motivated you a little bit more to like start learning and then doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So there was an opportunity through through a contact that uh, my wife knew. My wife is Czech, so hence the reason why you know we've we've moved here from from Los Angeles. But um, yeah, I I I knew the contact uh, through through my wife, and uh, she said, "Hey, there's an opportunity. Check it out." And I talked to uh, their hiring manager, and you know, it was, sounded like you know, we were kind of aligned on the same uh, ideas and how we would work together. So it sounded like doable. So I figured, you know what, that's, that's a good shot. Um, and I've always wanted to kind of move into, into Europe at some point. And, you know, at the, at the time there was nothing really holding us back. So I figured, yeah, maybe now is a good time to make that big step. So that was like a, you know, big move. Um, and yeah, I think since then, I mean, I've I've been living in Czech ever since. Uh, it's coming up on like six years now. So um, yeah, I, I've been super happy uh, for that decision ever since. Oh, nice. Yeah, the reason I had asked that question was just because like I had also made a move from LA or like the LA area to Chicago and that in itself just felt like very new. Because even though it's within the US, it's just a completely different environment and different completely different culture so it was just acclimating to the way that people operate over here seemed really interesting and i think it really helped build that interest because it was just so far out of my comfort zone that it just kind of forces you to adapt in a way and it just makes the the learning experience that much better because then nothing is just really that familiar to you it's all new and it's all stuff that you have to start learning and I don't know. I, I see a lot of personal growth there. Yeah, that's so, a huge move. <laughs> LA to yeah. Chicago. Yeah, so I definitely commend that, if anything. So my next question would be a little bit more so along the lines of why why McKinsey? Or like why specifically um, a corporate job? Because, mm -hmm. you know, those are kind of known to, I know there's a lot of opportunity in it. But at the same time, it tends to be like, it's no secret that there's very long hours. And at the same time, like work-life balance may not necessarily be there. So what kind of motivated you to go into that direction rather than, um, like, let's say a smaller company or something that was just like, would allow you more freedoms? Yeah, no. Um, so when I was um, like looking into this role, um, again, uh former colleague of mine who is actually um, with McKenzie as well um, said, you know, Hey, contacted me. And uh, you know, we were um, just keeping in touch and um, yeah, I think the role originally like wasn't super interesting because of like that connotation that comes with um, you know, the work-life balance or long hours, but uh, I actually got to talk to him and, and, you know, hearing from, you know, inside, I think was a big help uh, because uh, he was, you know, telling me, you know, like what to expect or, you know, how, how the life, uh, how they actually work. And it's actually kind of like a, a much, you know, more uh, appealing uh, picture that was painted. And 
you know, I think that that kind of gained my interest and then, you know, looking for looking more into it. Um, I see that, yeah, it's, it's offering, um, you know, great experience and, you know, the colleagues who work there are, you know, really top of their game. So I feel like in coming to it, I can kind of, you know, bring my experience, what I know, but as well, um, I'm working with, you know, colleagues who are, you know, brilliant minds. So um, I feel like that's an opportunity for me to learn, you know, from their experiences as well. So, um, and specifically in the role I do have, uh, I think, you know, the work-life balance um, seems to, you know, be working fine. I've, I've only been here for, you know, uh, four months, but I can say like from my experience now, like, yeah, the, um, you know, one of the benefits I think from that is that um, I have, I have a role where um, the users are actually basically the colleagues and McKinsey. So I, I'm, you know, working with the end users and able to contact them and, you know, you know, build products based on their user experience. So um, I think that was also one of the big, the big uh, highlights or appeal for that kind of role. Um, because whereas previously in roles, um, you know, I've had, you know, maybe some barriers or extra, extra steps to take to get access to, you know, end users and get, uh, you know, research done or have, have a budget to research. And here, uh, I think they, they do well to kind of have that budget and have that resource and support behind you, uh, for, you know, properly, um, making decisions based on research. So, um, you know, when you think of research, you know, you know McKinsey's like probably what comes to mind for, for most people. All right. Oh, that's exactly what I was <laughs> looking forward that with that question, because, um, a lot of times that is the motivation behind it. And some, some of my friends, and a lot of times, because I like to talk to a lot of different people and get different viewpoints seem to just lean very heavily on the side of comfort and convenience. So that's when I ask about work-life balance, a lot of times there's this lack of understanding that, you know, even in competitive environments that are very long hours, if you're doing something that you're choosing and something that you like to do, it doesn't feel like, well, it could feel like labor at times, but it doesn't necessarily feel like something that's draining because you're coming in with this mindset of, I want to grow, I want to challenge myself, and I believe in myself enough that I know that people of different mindsets and people who are also in this space are going to challenge me, and that's that's what I'm here for. So I, I really like that you were able to share that experience. So then... Just based on your life experience and just where you're at now, what kind of advice would you really give to college students coming in um, and new graduates, especially during this kind of obviously uncertain time with the whole COVID spectrum and then everything becoming increasingly digital and just different uh, because there's a lack of motivation, but even when there is motivation, it seems to be a struggle of deciding how do I tackle this or how do I start getting into these spaces? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's the big question, isn't it? Like, um, I mean, one thing I think that could help anybody is kind of being aware of, um, reflecting on yourself, self-reflection, self-reflection in that knowing what your strengths are and knowing what your weaknesses are. And then from there, I think you can probably, you know, create a plan um, 
of like what your goals are in terms of like what you want to build upon yourself. So if you, if you consider like, you know, what kind of roles do you want to look at and see, you know, just have a look at like the job boards and see like, what's, what, what are they looking for? Like, what are some of the keywords or like experiences that they're actually looking for? Um, and if you find like, Hey, that's a strength or that's a weakness, then, you know, maybe the weakness, something that you can plan and build like, Hey, I want to devote, uh, or basically can be create a smart goal of it and like set some time boundaries and say like, Hey, by this date, I would like to improve and like look into maybe some resources or tutorials or, you know, maybe reach out to some experts in the industry and see like, you know, what, what are they learning or even like finding books, um, that are on the topic. Uh, so that you can kind of position yourself in in a stronger way. Um, I think practically that's I think that's a good step for anybody you know trying to grow um, and get their start. I mean, besides that, kind of like another thing would I would say is um, you know networking is if if you can uh, digitally at, at the moment since uh, you know COVID restrictions are kind of like putting everything on hold in terms of like in-person meetups. But uh, I think networking and being, uh, putting yourself out there in a community um, is, is such a big thing to kind of like show your presence and, you know, be be available to help or, you know, ask questions when, when you're out there. I mean, that's kind of like the whole give and take of the community uh, aspect of it, right? So, exactly. I mean, th- those, those two things I think will help you dramatically because that, in my experience, like I think um, most of my jobs have come through uh, people I've known or networked through. So um, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of that. So I, I definitely uh, recommend that whenever anyone's asking, is to make sure you know you're networking. And I'm I'm a introvert, definitely introvert, and you know, going up to people I don't know, introducing myself is still you know like a bit uh, awkward in my head, but you know, when you actually do it, that, you know, it's, it's not so bad. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think when it comes to like, cause I, I, I think of myself as introverted, although some people don't generally agree, <laughs> but I would say it's putting yourself in those positions enough times to really get comfortable with that feeling of uncomfortableness because you really never really know how that conversation is going to go or how that approach is going to go. So I generally go with the schema of what's the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario, and then most likely it's somewhere in the middle. So that way it already gets you thinking like, hey, there's not that much pressure on this. (laughs) You know, it's just the conversation. You're just talking to somebody. So I think just being able to move yourself and position yourself in a way where you approach things as doable instead of thinking of it as this daunting task or something that's outside of um, your capability really makes you or allows you to push yourself. So uh, I like that advice a lot. So, I mean, since we're talking about advice as well, what's something that you would say to some your previous self, like maybe five to 10 years back, some kind of advice that you would give that would, um, well, actually, no, I'll just stop the question there. <laughs> just what kind of advice would you generally give to your younger self? Yeah, I mean, I would say if we're asking the five-year question, um, five years ago myself i would say uh don't be afraid to ask questions you know to your colleagues or um 
you know, people you're working with on projects, because I feel like that is maybe one of the, um, one of the big blockers for myself that I've had to kind of grow out of and um, had struggles with like uh, asking like, okay, is this going to sound dumb if I ask it or, you know, like no one's asking this question. So maybe, you know, everyone's kind of like um, got it clear in the heads, but uh, I've found that, you know, most of the times that's not the case and it's better to ask the question and make sure everyone's aligned, especially yourself um, before moving forward, because I think sometimes that can create more work for you later on in the project. So uh, definitely I would advise myself to kind of like not be afraid to ask questions. Well, that is a really, really great point because <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that that comes with high pressure environments as well, where you kind of are expected to perform or know things, or at least you put that pressure on yourself as well, because you think, oh, these are really great and brilliant minds. So if they're not asking the question, therefore it might not be a great question, or am I going to look stupid asking this? But then that's low key. The expectation is if you're new, especially, and you're coming in, the expectation is that you need to ask questions, even if it looks like you don't know what you're doing, because sometimes you don't know what you're doing. So even if you come across that way, it's good to put it out there because that's when you're building your skills and then that's when people really guide you. I think it's important to frame your questions in a way where you've put in some effort and you're identifying where the gap is so that the person that's helping you takes not only takes your question seriously, but thinks, hey, this is somebody that would like to learn. It's not it can't be misconstrued as laziness or not knowing what you're doing. It's more so like, here's, I'm expecting guidance and I'm putting in that work to get there. So all in all, I, I really like that. Yeah, I think, yeah. And that's another good point that you made was that when you're coming in, you do this, like, I think, you know, your colleagues or your team kind of expect you to ask questions and, you know, ask, ask the, the dumb questions um and so there's a little bit more like grace and like room for those questions when you're starting out um you know i'd be i'd be you know like afraid in in that sense but like um i would you know and now coming to the other side of that like any new person coming into our team you know i would expect those questions and you know like i think generally you know you're not going to get the response like um you know, hey, this is something, you know, concerning or like, you know, you should know this, but rather like, hey, um, we're on the same team, we should get aligned on it. And, you know, that's kind of like the, um, the feedback generally I've gotten. So every time I've asked the question, um, I think, you know, it's always been, you know, a, a good thing, a uh, positive thing. Um, so, I mean, at least in my experience, that's, that's what it's been. That's exactly it. So I just kind of wanted to take a moment and thank you so much for coming on as a guest into my podcast. Um, you're probably one of the the earlier guests as, you know, we're all growing and learning and developing here. So I appreciate you sharing your experience and just really taking the time out of your day to do this. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, for, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Right. Thanks.